Good morning, church. And good morning to our friends joining us online as well as everybody is taking their seats. For those of you who don't know, my name is Scott. I am part of your pastoral team, and I am here to share this morning's announcements. So first, we have some COVID tests available in the back. If you need any, feel free to pick some up on your way out. They were provided to us um, as a courtesy, so they are available should anyone need them. Um, We want to also draw your attention to the fact that while we have a mission moment this morning for Make-A-Wish, which is talked about in your bulletin, this is also UMCOR Sunday. And this is a particularly special one because we're using our UMCOR donation to support the people of Ukraine. So you have an envelope in your bulletin, and that one is for Make-A-Wish. But if you would like to support the Ukraine effort, as you can see by the slide before you, you can pick up an envelope in front of the collection box, or you can donate online to that particular cause. Um, Elizabeth has reminded me that there are now boxes in the back if you want to donate to the Journey's End effort to help furnish that particular apartment. So uh, you can give your goods to that box or, excuse me, see her if you have any further questions. And of course, we celebrate another successful Friday fish fry, and we sold 421 dinners. So let's make sure we celebrate that, lift that up. We are indeed grateful to everyone who was a part of that, whether you were just enjoying it or whether you were part of the crew, you are a blessing to all of us. And of course, there are other announcements and other information in your bulletin, so I draw your attention there for further information. Now, let's ready to worship God. Okay, that's better. Welcome on this beautiful spring morning, and let's hope this is the last that we see of the snow. (laughs) May the grace and peace of God be with you always. Please offer each other the sign of peace this morning. So this week, we're on our fourth week of our sermon series based on the movie The Way. And this week, we're talking about that there's no place like home. No matter what we call home in this physical world, we learn, we yearn for a spiritual home that offers us serenity, acceptance, and belonging. The extravagant acceptance of the Father for the Son in Jesus' parable of the wandering Son is difficult for us to believe sometimes that no matter what we've done, no matter who we are, no matter how far we are from what we want to become, we are welcomed home by our loving parent. Please pray with me. Gracious God, we gather this morning in this house of worship, which thanks to your love is our home away from home. We come as we are, distracted and weary, hopeful and open, knowing that you accept us and you welcome us with open arms. As we worship together, make this place and each of us a home where love abounds, justice flourishes, and peace reigns. Through our praying and singing, listening and speaking, open our hearts to the gifts of resurrection that you offer us with each brand new day. In the name of the one who welcomes us home, we pray. Amen. Like a child who comes home after wandering far away, you are welcome here. Like a friend who returns from a long journey, you are greeted with joy here. Like a beloved one whose face appears at the door, you are embraced by love here. People of God, find your place in the home that God makes for us here. Amen.
Welcome and hello, everyone. Hello, everyone on the line. We're gonna, I'm gonna invite you to stand as we praise God's faithfulness with Great is Thy Faithfulness. traits of our God is faithfulness. Our God is generous with love. Our God is generous with all things. And as we ready ourselves for our time of giving, as you heard me say during our greeting time, that there are two things to have on your mind today. There is UMCOR Sunday that is going to support Ukraine and also our mission moment for Make-A-Wish. And Adrian has a video for us around Make-A-Wish. When I first saw my playhouse, it was cool. So cool. Look, I got a kitchen. I got a kitchen and I got some bread. Three windows. One window. Two windows. Two windows. There's an even cool lot. So if you put this button. It turns to crap. When you press this button, it turns to a bed. Like a magic bed! It even gave me a pun to paint. So I can paint it my favorite color. We could all use a little of that energy, amen? <laughs> well, let's see if we can't match that energy and how we are generous as God is generous toward us. Let's prepare our gifts this morning.
and faithful Father, thank you for all the ways in which you make yourself known to us, in your loving presence and also by the gifts of your hand. Please accept our gift back to you as it goes to the honor and the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Good morning. 
and good morning to those who are watching online. I'm Kathy Stengel, yet another one of our pastoral team. We got one, we got two, and three. So we are grateful for uh, your presence this morning, and uh, we come to this time to lift up to God those things that are on our hearts, those people who especially need um, our thought, our love, our care. Are there, and is there anything you would like to share with us this morning? Yes. Okay. Thank you. A missing student praying for a safe return. Anything else? Yes. An aunt diagnosed with lymphoma. Yes, Becky? Wonderful. Becky's daughter, Susie, successfully completing two weeks of work. Let us go to God in prayer. Oh, wonderful God, we come to you this day with hearts aware of those who are facing brokenness, those who are experiencing pain, tests, surgery, treatment. We pray for those who find themselves right now stuck at home because of this weather. Lord, we know you know, and you are already present in the lives we have lifted up. And so we know you are with us. You are with us and the thoughts and the cares and the worries that we don't speak of. You know us in the silence, in the noise, in the chaos, in the anxiety. You know that we live in a world that is anxious right now. So let this space be our home so that not only we pray our homes are a place of solace and refuge, but Lord, let this be a place that we come to be loved and cared for, to be ministered to by music and prayer and your word. Let us feel welcome. So we come as mere humans wanting to be loved by a God who created all there is and all there is to be. Remind us that you do. Remind us that we are home in you and that we are each other's homes as we work and live and love to join and welcome all who are in our midst, both seen and unseen. Hear our prayers, O Lord, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Luke, chapter 15 verses 11 through 32. Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, There was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, 
he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fat calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. Home. What do you think of when you hear that word? Some of you may think of the house that you live in today and all that's in it. You may think of the friends that surround you or a grandparent's house from when you were growing up. You may have that longing for home and, of course, for your family. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Whether you're wearing ruby slippers and come from Kansas or whether you have a fondness for boots or sneakers, or slippers, there's something pretty special about home and homecomings. And when we've traveled so far from home, it always seems that it's a lot shorter to return than it takes to get there. In fact, the theme of home is a popular one in literature and song. In poet Robert Frost's words, home is the place where you, can, where you have to go there and they have to take you in. And we have songs about home, Sweet Home Alabama, or Take Me Home Country Roads. There seems to be a significant portion of yearning and longing for home, something deep and almost primal in our nature. We long for a home where we can be loved and accepted unconditionally, where we feel safe and secure. Most of us are familiar with the story that Jesus told in today's scripture reading, or at least by the title that's used for it, the, the parable of the prodigal son. This story is really about family. The three main characters, the prodigal son, his older brother, and his father. The son who takes his inheritance and squanders it is a good illustration of repentance for us. He does some things that are wrong, and he realizes they're wrong, that the consequences of the way that he's been living are unacceptable. He decides to change, and he goes to apologize to his father and ask for forgiveness. In this story, the father preempts the end of that apology because he's rejoicing in welcoming back the son that he's never stopped loving. 
even when he thought he was lost to him. But in repentance, that apology precedes any forgiveness, and only after that does reconciliation follow. We often leap to the conclusion that everything that the younger son is outrageous and it's... his own. He wanted to develop his own business ventures in a faraway land of opportunity. The story goes on and says when he got there, he scattered his wealth around. And in retrospect, we can think that he didn't act smartly because he wasn't a success. But one of the things that people do when they're building up a business is to spread the wealth around, trying to curry favor with a lot of people who might be helpful to them. He didn't plan on the famine. Just like lots of us don't plan for reverses in the economy that could cause our finances or our businesses to fail. He just wanted to come home a success. And the father's not a bad guy here, but he hadn't made either son adequately aware of his love. Throughout the story, he didn't show gratitude for the elder son's work, and somehow, he failed to give that younger son a place in the household where he could feel happy and fulfilled. The father is an ordinary person, not an all-benevolent God. He didn't take time to listen and to be aware of his children's needs. We are ordinary people in our families, in our churches. We're often preoccupied with our own problems. And sometimes it's hard for us to think about the needs of everyone that's involved. We're often tempted to throw up our hands and say, I've done everything I can. I'm really tired. We've done everything, perhaps, but listen to what that person really needs. The prodigal son asked for his share of the family business, but that's what he believed he wanted. But is that what he really needed? What I think he needed required much harder work from his father than just handing him money. The father needed to recognize both of his son's contributions, taking their ideas and their efforts seriously and a real partnership in recognition of their needs and aspirations. If we condemned and threw away every person who ever had this kind of failure, much of humanity would be tossed out. The father didn't reject his son, but continued to love and accept him. And part of the truth of this parable is that's what parents do. They continue to love and support their children even when they disappoint them. The same way that that Tom in our story continues to love his son. Tom continued to love Daniel, even though he may not have agreed with the journey he was taking. Daniel started that journey, and he was taking time to look within and connect with who he was and whose he is. Maybe he was looking for something that was missing in his life. Maybe he wanted to experience the fullness of life before he came home to settle down. But like the father of the prodigal son, God welcomes us with open arms. We are celebrated, and he invites us to join in his feast. Not because of what we do, but simply because we are loved. God welcomes all where you are, and he invites you to the feast. It's not to fill the role that we want to do, or to take the work, or to make contributions that we think that we should make. We are all welcomed by God's mercy, and we are here because of God's mercy. All of our life's journeys lead us to that love of God, and we are valued in our own precious story. We are invited to listen and care for one another as family, 
for those that we encounter and we know in our lives, those people of such value that we treasure even when they're far away or when they're gone. On this journey called life, we're often taught to look outside ourselves, that we forget the gifts that lie within us, that everything that we need is contained within. In starting the journey of the Camino, Tom is in search of something. He starts out because his son was going to do it. And he's not quite sure what it is that he's looking for. But he soon, he soon discovers that it's not something that can be found out there. It's something that you have already where you are. He's joined at this point by four people on his journey. And they're all there for different reasons. Some come with sadness, brokenness, but there's a joy in their being united in common humanity and their spirit. That path of the Camino de Santiago is a journey that has twists and turns and forks in the road. Just like Tom is experiencing following his road, we too have many obstacles and distractions along our journey. It may be the death of a loved one, the disillusion of a relationship, the loss of a friend or a job, or maybe just all the challenges that are in our day-to-day life. Tom encounters one of those twists and turns, as we saw in the video today, his pack with the remains of his son is stolen. And although the thief escapes, his father, Ishmael, drags him back to Tom to return the pack. And when Tom pulls that box and looks with Daniel's ashes in it, the fathers have a connection. The gypsies of the Romani, he was embarrassed and he apologizes and offers in compensation for them to attend a street party that evening. And the next morning, Ishmael makes his son carry Tom's pack to the edge of town. And Tom still doesn't condemn him. He never gets angry. He never yells. He offers forgiveness and says, I can carry that now. It's okay. Take it easy on your son. Tom's most precious possession was taken, and yet he was able to offer that forgiveness and that understanding to a people who hadn't seen that. Real growth comes from appreciating the journey and the lessons learned from overcoming our obstacles. That journey is more important than the destination, and we all need to experience it, face our challenges and our fears, in order to learn and to recognize the gifts that each of us hold within ourselves and the the realization that God is walking each step of that journey with us. God gives us companions along our journey that can help us and teach us. The companions Tom encounters and journeys with are much like the characters in The Wizard of Oz. They are in search of a brain, heart, and courage. These are the key characteristics that each of us possess in one manner or another that can help us along our way. Having intelligence, compassion, courage, and empathy can get us through the hardest of times, ultimately helping us find our true selves and our true calling with God. The scarecrow is searching for a brain. And many times in life, we stumble along trying to figure things out. We feel confused, self-doubt, and insecurity set in. And they can paralyze us. And we try to seek outside circumstances for answers. Intelligence goes deeper than only being knowledgeable. It's also about self-awareness and understanding. The tin man is searching for a heart. And sometimes in life we get scared and we disconnect our heart as a defense mechanism. We build walls to keep people out and afraid to let someone get close to us. 
What we need to do is tear those walls down and reconnect with our hearts. Finding your passion and living vulnerably and compassionately leads to such a fulfilling life and can serve as a compass to redirect us to our loving and compassionate God. The cowardly lion, is he seeking courage? And there are times in our life that we over-identify with that part of us that's really scared. It may take intelligence and compassion to discover who you really are, but it takes courage to live your authentic self, to be true to your values, and it takes true courage to follow God. Isn't it wonderful that when we come to the Lord, there's no prerequisite required for salvation. We only need to believe, to come to him as a child and receive all that he is giving us. The beauty of the love of God is that we are always accepted. He never rejects us under any circumstances. Jesus receives us and embraces us with open arms. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. We are always accepted by God, and that acceptance means that we are received, we are welcomed, we are adopted and approved, and most of all, we are loved. Understanding this amazing love of God gives us confidence and peace and joy. God's not concerned with our family tree. He's not impressed or influenced by our social position, how we look, or our financial status. He loves each one of us just the way we are, and he cares so much that he travels along the way with us. We are accepted and understood by God. He doesn't misinterpret our actions, and he knows all of our intentions. He doesn't misjudge our personalities, and he knows our hearts and our very thoughts. This truth should urge us to live for him wholeheartedly and take comfort from the realization that he knows us and still loves us. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. David urged his son Solomon to know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of your thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. When we realize the magnitude of the father's love for us, we can be free of loneliness and the fear of rejection. The Lord wants us to live in harmony with him and be filled with confidence and courage. He's always with us. I am with you always, even till the end of age. God will always love us, and he will always accept us. God is our home. A home is where you feel safe and secure, and the scripture tells us that God is that home for us. God often refers to himself as our refuge and our shelter. He's a person in whose arms we feel protected. To say that God is our home means that we're totally accepted and safe with God. And he wants us to give others that unfailing love and the promise that God will always be with them. Jesus tells us that he is the vine and we are the branches. Because of this, we can abide in him. And if we live in the shelter of God, we will find rest even in his shadow. And when I picture that, the pictures that come to my mind when I read those verses, we're told that we can approach God's throne of grace whenever we need mercy and grace. And I picture myself outside of his throne room. But instead of being afraid of the huge door before me, I just walk in. He welcomes me with an open heart and with open arms. We live in such uncertain times, and each day we wake up to uncertain days. So many things cause us unrest. We can fight the temptation to worry because we know that we're not alone. 
God has promised that he will never leave nor forsake us. And we know God's promises are solid and we can count on them. And as we lay our heads down on our pillows at night, we know that whatever we face, God is there. For Jesus, home is all about where the heart is. It's how we live our lives and how we move and breathe. Home is not about buildings or possessions or anything that we call security. Home is about being centered in Christ, about doing the will of God, and about letting go of the false illusions of security and worth that we cling to. We know it as Christians. We hear it in scriptures and when we're listening to people preach. It's a part of the very fiber of our being as our faith is formed across the span of time. It has nothing to do with our buildings, whether they're grand cathedrals or strip mall worship centers or something in between. It transcends tradition and practice. We don't have to go home. We're home right now. We're home wherever two or more are gathered in Jesus' name. Our real home is not a house that's made with hands, but rather a place written deeply in our heart, woven into the very fabric of our being, and it's built with the whisper of Jesus' love and grace for us. And all we are called to do, dear friends, is to lay down anything that prevents us from making our home in Christ. It's true, there's no place like home. Our home in Christ, our home in Christ truly is the place where we are taken in and valued, not for our net worth or our goodness or our success. We have this home solely because God loved us so very much. And he wants us to spread that good news to everyone. This is the kind of news that can keep us going through thick and thin, in times of plenty and want, through dark nights of the soul and the dazzling light of eternal hope. Because of this, we can say that we don't lose heart, that our home is the real deal, a forever place. It's time that we all let go of those preconceived ideas societal norms and stop chasing things outside ourselves and realize just how much God loves us. Everything we've been looking for, we already have. It's been with us all along. And remember, there's no place like home. Let's ready our hearts as we come to the Lord's table and celebrate who our Lord is to us in that sense of being at home. As we prepare to attend the heavenly feast, we especially pray for those who have no earthly table or no place at a table or very little bread for their earthly journeys. In silence, Let's spend a moment before God. You can offer a time of confession, prayer of thanks, or just simply be open to God's movement and presence. Let's go to God together. Hear this good news. God has loved you from the very beginning. The invitation of Christ is never ending. The Holy Spirit is transforming you even now. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. 
Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, the creator of all that was and is and is to come. You formed us in your image, creating all in goodness, asking us to walk with you in love. When we held back from your invitation, you sought us out, encouraging us on our way time and again. You led those who could not see by a road they did not know. You have turned nighttime before them into light. You have smoothed out the rough places and made them plain. You have released the prisoners from the dungeon. You have made all things new. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to walk with the poor, the captive, and the oppressed and to proclaim freedom and abundance in your name. On dusty paths and lakeside shores, he encountered friends, strangers, and enemies, inviting them to journey with him and to eat with him. He offered newness of life and renewed confidence of love by water and the Spirit. And on the night he gave himself up for us all, he was at the table with his friends, he invited them, and he invites us, to pause in our quest from getting to destination and destination and to savor each other's company. He took bread. He blessed it. He broke it. And then he shared it. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. He took the cup. He poured himself into it. He blessed it, and he shared it, saying, do this in remembrance of me. He invited them, and he invites us all to keep walking together and to keep offering this bread, remembering his body in the breaking and the sharing of this bread for the grace and the love of all. Likewise, he invited them and he invites us all to offer this one cup of forgiveness and grace made known in his blood shed for us. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves as holy and living sacrifices in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other on this Lenten journey, and until Christ comes again in final victory, and we are able to feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
table is prepared and our Lord calls, calls to every heart that seeks to be close to him. So come and receive his gift. It's not dependent on who you are, it's dependent on who he is. It is his worth that makes this special, not our own. And so we invite you to use the center aisle, come to the front, receive your communion elements and then exit by the sides. We use a method of communion called intinction, where one of the servants will break off a piece of bread. You receive that piece, keep it in your hand, dip it in the cup, and then take both elements together. If you prefer prepackaged elements, we have some available, but we ask that you receive them as a gift because communion is God's gift to us rather than take them on your own. And so as the Spirit leads, please come. There is a gluten-free station on the far side of the sanctuary for those who have that particular need or preference. Come as the Lord beckons.
And he does lead us, and he guides us, and he calls us. So I'm going to invite you to stand as we sing our closing song, Mighty to Save. brothers and sisters, go in peace and know that it's God who loves us, Christ who strengthens us, and the Holy Spirit that empowers us for service. Go in peace and in joy and in love. Amen.